Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the December 27th edition of the Rotor World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Get ready to go over some season-long fantasy hoops. We'll mix in some DFS and short-term stuff as well, so it should help you there. With me to do so is Dr. A. Steve Alexander. What's up, man? Uh, hey, man, this is the uh, combination Dr. A birthday podcast along with the Carrie Fisher Rest in Peace podcast. Uh, it's your birthday today? It is. Wow, happy birthday. Hey, thanks. That's awesome, man. I, my birthday's next week, and I'll be I'll be potting on my birthday, too. So, that's yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. Right doing, doing, people are like, what are you doing for your birthday? I'm like, I'm on the radio, I'm doing a podcast, I'm writing up some games. <laughs> yeah, it's just another day, right? Yeah, it's it's a it's a great day. Yeah, it's a good day. I'm, are, are you big on birth? I don't I mean, I like it. It's cool to have a birthday, but I'm not the type of person who... Has like a big party and like I, I don't like I don't think birthdays are that big of a deal to me. Like I've dated people who are like it's a huge thing. Like eh, it's just another day. Like it's great and get some well wishes from people you, you haven't talked to in a while and stuff. But well, I'm I'm not like a I don't need to have the day off on my birthday or I don't I don't really make plans. But with Facebook and this being a small town where I live, everybody's like, eh, what are you doing? Tonight? Where are we hooking up? Like everybody wants to go have beers tonight. You know? Yeah. Well, light so slate tonight, man. It should be it should be easy. But yeah, it's light. It's if you're gonna light. miss, if you're gonna miss a night in the NBA, tonight's a, a good night. And I mean, there's not even that many good games on. Like, yeah. Last night was actually pretty killer. Uh, I was talking to my friend about this, and like, because everyone thinks that the league's so top heavy with the Cavs and the Warriors, basically like an inevitable finals. But I don't care, man. There were some damn good games last night for teams that weren't good. I mean, the, the 76ers-Kings game was really good. The Nets-Hornets game was really good. The Hornets are obviously pretty good. but I mean, The T-Wolves the T Wolves and KAT beating yep. the Hawks was good. And then uh, the um, what was the other one? Uh, oh, like you already said, the Sixers. Yeah. Game. And the, I mean, the Pacers-Bulls game I thought was entertaining. That um, Boogie versus Embiid was awesome last night. That was one of my favorite games, man. Oh, I love I love, I love that guy, man. I love that guy. Actually, I got to plug my column I just wrote. I took a, a, a stats dive into how the Okafor and Embiid lineup isn't working. And I think that it's going to be changing based on some stats and what Brett Brown's been saying. So we may see some more Noel. We, we may see Okafor's minutes drop. But I still think we're going to have a 28-minute cap on Embiid. So if you want more details on that, go to Rotor World. It's up there right now. Uh, all right. So let's get down to this here. We'll get Steve out of here on his birthday as fast as we can. Uh, before we get to the questions, I think we got to bring up a very hot topic guy who has been, we've seen him at his worst when he was a DMPCD for a couple games, and we kind of saw him at his best yesterday, and that's Nikola Miritich. What are we doing with him? I mean, he's really, really annoying to own. This guy is really the poster child of the, the up and down games. He just has so many inconsistent runs. So, I mean, you picking him up after last night, or how do you feel about him as an asset going forward? 
Dude, I can't believe you, you passed up the opportunity to call him the Danny Green of fantasy power forwards. Oh, yeah, he is, isn't he? Well, he actually he scores more, though. Not like O'Quinn is the Danny Green of uh, fantasy uh, fantasy centers, which we, we we actually that's a good thing to do. We could do the all Danny Green of position team. We'll, that we'll do that next week. Well, uh, for me, I mean, I think um, your boy fits that bill, um, Miritich, because once he, he scored double digits five games in a row, and they were all like ten and eleven. Then he had 20 last night. Before that, he was like five every night. I mean, he's just, I don't know. I, I think I said in Daily Dose, you know, pick him up and take it with a grain of salt and all that stuff because he could disappear just as quickly as he's suddenly back on the scene and hurting Todd Gibson. Yeah, they need him to play well. It's like I, I went on a, a radio show the other day, and I was talking about how important it is for Miritich to hit threes, and when he's hitting threes, they usually have some success. Um, I mean, when he scored that 13-point game uh, against the Pistons last week, and they they won that one, but when he's off, they're kind of dead. I mean, that team is just such a mess as far as hitting threes, especially in this day when every team is lighting up from three, at least the good ones, uh, especially on the West Coast. Well, Warriors and Spurs are even hitting threes a little bit, and then obviously the Rockets are crazy, um, but yeah, so I'm with you, like, pick him up, hold him, but, like, if someone comes knocking at your door, like, say say someone had Miritich and they drafted him, and then they cut him when they had the DMPs, see if he wants him back, because, I mean, if he wanted him before, when he drafted him, maybe he wants him again, and he could maybe, maybe get a little bit uh, of dividends on that. Like, I'm not, he's not a guy I really feel comfortable with, but, um, yeah, I mean, he's definitely worth owning right now. The thing is, he, he reminds me a little bit of uh, Ursan Ilyas. So, uh, That's what I was going to say. And Ilya Silva, um, once he was given an opportunity, is is going off and, and playing really well. And I mean, that could easily happen here with Miritich. Um, it just depends on if if his coach is going to play him or not. Yeah, and I think he wants he wants to play him. I mean, if you di- remember go back going back to the preseason, he talked him up hard. He wanted him to succeed, and it just didn't happen. He got outplayed so badly by Taj that he just got pushed to the back burner. So. All right, we'll move on. Uh, another big story from last night was Jeremy Lin pulling his hamstring, the same hamstring that cost him pretty much a month. And it doesn't sound good. I mean, they're going to be careful. They really held him out. He did a lot of practice before before he came back. And he's going to miss time. Like for, I think he's going to miss a couple weeks, three, four, maybe three weeks, four weeks. I mean, this Nets team, they do not want to – they don't want to see this thing keep happening over and over again. So Lin's – uh, I would wait for the official diagnosis, but I mean, if you're in like a ten-teamer and you gotta make some hay, uh, I'm down with cutting them. Uh, the problem is we really don't know who's gonna benefit. I think Sean Kilpatrick is a guy I'd want to pick up in a shallow league. I assume he's owned in like competitives, but Isaiah Whitehead's really tough to own for standards. Uh, we saw Randy Foy hit a clutch shot last night, uh, and he closed out for the point guard minutes. They didn't really trust Whitehead in that situation. So, um, yeah, really besides Kilpatrick, there's no one else I'd be too eager to grab. No, I feel the same way. And as a Lynn owner in a 14-team daily Yahoo League with with no bench, you know, I sat on Jeremy Lynn the first time for a whole month, and my team, my record is terrible because of it. Um, you just can't 
have injured guys in daily leagues, and if I get the word that he's going to miss time, I'm, I think I'm just going to cut him uh, because there's no bench in that league, and every day he gets a DNP for me, it, it's just killer. Yeah, it's yeah. he's going he's gonna to miss time for sure. I mean, they don't really want run two guard, two point guard lineups with him and Whitehead, so it's going to be, um, you know, not too big of a difference. You look at some some shooting splits with Lynn off the floor. Like I said, Kilpatrick has a nice bump in usage. He's twenty seven usage rate uh, without Lynn. Um, but yeah, even and then it'll kind of trickle down to guys like Joe, like everyone. If you were like looking at them before and they were on your short list of four or five, that's probably the only time. So like deep leagues for like Joe Harris, Bohan Bogdanovich, Rondé thinks some benefit uh, benefits there. Uh, we also saw Bohan come off the bench last night, so that's worth the mention. He he plays, he looked fine. Uh, Joe Harris had a pretty rough night. Um, not Dude, Bohan, Bohan was amazing. Yeah, he was really good. And Joe Harris, who started. Finally gets an opportunity to start. Yeah, has two rebounds, zero points. Plays like twelve minutes in one of my DFS lineups. Oh. It was fantastic. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is I, do, you, do you think that there was a chance they would rest Bogey or what? I, I thought it was like an outside chance they were resting him. And I, no, I just thought he was. I thought he was getting benched because he's been so up and down. But man, he was fantastic last night. Yeah, he's he's on. He's on. He's usually on on the road. Whatever We're seeing a lot of guys right now getting moved to the bench and then going off. Yeah, you know, Tobias Harris and Bogdanovich and uh, somebody else, having to somebody else the other day too. Um, I don't remember who, but yeah. uh, man, Bogey, it might be time to get ready to get Bogey back in your line, back on your team if he yeah. was cut. Yeah, definitely. Always about the uh, the higher usage. All right, so well, before we get to your questions, we do our weekly buy low, sell high. So who do you have for a sell high? Um, my sell high is Brandon Knight. Wow. What are you, what are you looking to get back on him? I mean, his value is still pretty low in my eyes. Yeah. I mean, he, he had a good game last night, like 23 and, and whatever. Um, I just think with, I mean, he's been playing well. I, I don't, I don't put a lot of value on, on Brandon Knight, but, uh, I think he's owned by a lot of people right now. And he, he had another good game last night off the sun's bench. And I just think with T.J. Warren and Devin Booker and, and Bledsoe getting all those minutes, now that Warren's back, Knight's either going to go back to the bench more more minutes a night than he is right now, or he's going to get traded. And if you can trade Brandon Knight for something, I say do it. Yeah, they have they've run Warren at the two actually. Um, the the best lineup they've been using is with Warren at the three and Tucker at the four. They've had some success with that because. Marquis Chris, well, he's 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 bad sometimes. So Chris is losing minutes a lot, but I don't know, man. Like if if I have Brandon Knight, I mean, like you said, I don't think I would get much for him. Like I'm trying to think of what you'd want in return for him. I mean, like Montrez Harrell or something like that, or something with a little bit more long term value. Well, I mean, that that's the thing. Is Brandon Knight even owned in your league? I I guess I I play in a lot of leagues where Brandon Knight. Is somewhat of a commodity, yeah, uh, but yeah. even then, I mean, you're not going to get a lot in return for him. I just think he's a guy that if you're looking at your roster, and you're like, "Oh, Brandon Knight's killing it for me." I don't think he's going to be killing it for you two weeks from now. Yeah, I'm. He's barely worth owning to me um, in a ten team, maybe even a twelve team, depending on who's on the wire. Like, I'd rather have someone like, oh, I don't know, um, James Johnson or something like that. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, like there's he just doesn't have doesn't do it for me. I love uh, I love James Johnson. 
Yeah, he's been, another. He's uh, one of those guys that just does it all. I love guys like that. All right, so I picked uh, two with an honorable mention. One is too easy to even say, and that's Nick Young. I don't even need to talk about that. Like he's just a clear sell high because he's been pretty good lately. Uh, but the other one I picked is Alfred Payton. Uh, I think Alfred Payton's getting really, really hot right now. He's had fourth round value in the last two weeks. You're pretty much selling him at his peak. I don't really see how he can be a fourth round guy over a long period of time. Uh, he's getting uh, excellent shots. He's really done done better at keeping the ball from being turned over. Yeah, perfect, isn't perfect he, guy to sell high. Isn't he shooting like fifty eight percent over his like ten games or something? Yeah, he's getting great shots. I think that it's a matter of time before teams kind of dial it up and really defend him better. Um, because yeah, he's he's actually hitting the ball decent from three lately too. So yeah, he's just like got it, got to sell high. I mean, and his turnovers are crazy. Uh, in the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games, he's had one or fewer, six of them. Like, that's pretty crazy for a, a nine a nine cat guy. Like, and his assists have been solid. He had that fourteen dime game a couple weeks ago. Like, clear sell high. Like, I would sell high at like. Uh, I'm trying to. Who else? Like, like I'd probably rather have Harry B, who I don't even really like. Um, maybe even you can maybe go to Jay Crowder. I saw someone pull a trade off for Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder's been kind of a buy low option. So yeah, if you have Alfred Payton, and I'm pretty sure you probably don't if you listen to this podcast, as we're generally not fans of him. But if you do, uh, flip him. Dude, I picked him up off waivers in a couple leagues last week, and I'm I'm just gonna ride that ride that until it breaks. Yeah, he's been he's been great. I, um, definitely a clear miss on on my part, and I know Ryan is also anti Elf. It's Christmas season, though, man. It's a good time for the elves. Um, yeah, another another uh, sell high guy that's actually owning leagues might be Jeff T. because yeah. he yeah. he was playing at such a high level uh, with Monte Ellis out, and like right this second is not the right time to sell him because Stucky Stucky got hurt again. Monte's still not back, but I think when Monte comes back, Teague's going to cool off a little bit, and he he did not play well last night. Um, but he's been on fire as well, and you could probably get quite a bit in return for him right now, I think. Yeah, I, I like Teague, though, man. I, I see him as a top 50-ish kind of a guy. Do you? Or do you see him more as like a 60-70 kind of a guy? Um, I like Teague. I think 50 to 60, probably right. Okay, so you'd want, you'd want like a bona fide stud. I'd want somebody good back for him, but I mean, he's been playing so at such a high level the last – 10 games before last night. Yeah. I look, I just, now is a good time to, to look at moving. Yeah, I looked at his on-off splits here. He has about a 4.3 usage percentage bump without Ellis, so that's noteworthy. But his efficiency is about the same. It's actually better with Monta, um, and they run at a faster pace as well. So I don't think the Monta thing's a too too big of a, an impact on his value. So like I said, I, I still would probably hold him for where he's been producing. Like He's obviously peaking a little bit. When he had that what three four game stretch when he just went crazy with efficiency and the di- the dimes are up this year too, like that was kind of surprising. I thought his dimes would drop off this year, right? Uh yeah. All right, so I got Derek Favors. Uh, we know the drill. I don't need to spend too much time on this. I think he's going to play more. He's going to be bad for probably another month. So he's just a good buy low. Um, again, you're going to get him super cheap. I think his owner has to be frustrated. Like, there's no way around it. So it's pretty much just more of a stash. Like, if you find yourself in first and second place, uh, the Jazz are definitely going to be in, in the playoff hunt. They've only had their starters together for 12 minutes all season. So Favors makes a lot of sense as a, a by-low to me. Anything you want to add on that? Uh, I've just been kind of 
ripping favors all year, saying he reminds me of an old man wearing flip-flops, hobbling along with a cane on the beach, um, relaxing and trying to get his knee healthy. I, I just think his knee's going to be banged up all year. I, I think he's a good stash um, if you have room to do it, but I'm certainly not dying to own Derek Favors. Yeah, if you're like last or second to last, like Favors probably isn't a guy for you. All right, so let's get to the questions here. We'll kind of fly through this, see if we can do it in half an hour. Uh, we want to talk some Paul, um, some Rondo first. Like, what do we do with Rondo? He's bad, man. I do not like Rondo. Most of my teams won't even use him. He hasn't been top 50 in the past two weeks. Uh, he's just not in a good situation. He was in a great situation with the Kings and their up-tempo offense. They're running slower now. They don't have as much floor spacing. It's just a disaster. Rondo's been so bad lately. Worst free throw shooting guard in the league. His field goal percentage is terrible. His scoring is off. He's had like one good game in the last month. The only thing he's really good for right now is rebounds and and some decent assists. But I'd rather own Alfred Payton or Emmanuel Moutier. Yeah, we could do it. I'd rather own over like 80 guys. So like it depends on your league. I mean, if you're talking about cutting Rondo, you'd probably want to pick up, maybe even like go through your league and say like, hey, you're last in assists. And you're not, and you don't want to punt. Doesn't look like you don't want to. Looks like you don't want to punt because you have point guards. So like, hey, you don't, you want Rondo? And then if they're like, nope, just, you know, go on down the line. If everyone says nope, then adios, man. Cut him for pretty much anybody. Like Patty Mills, I'd rather have like Dwight Powell. I'd rather have like so many guys. Um, so Rondo just does nothing for me. All right, so we got some questions from J Ball asking about Millsap, who's had three really bad games, especially from an efficiency. So what are we doing here? What do we think? Is this because of Dwight Howard, or how do we feel about Millsap affecting or being affected by Dwight? Well, I really feel like uh, at the beginning of the season, those two were playing really well together, and since then, uh, they have not looked very good together, and it seems like they have trouble putting up good numbers on the same night, and last night was a perfect example of that. Um but Millsap, to me, is still the best player on the Hawks, and he's in a funk. I think he'll get it turned around, but I'd, I'd feel better about him if Dwight was not there. Yeah, I mean, in the past month or so, there's a pretty clear trend that Howard is hurting Millsap. His, fish, his usage rate goes way down when he's next to him. That's pretty obvious for Dwight, who's a big usage kind of a guy, but... I'm not worried about him, man. I think that he's still going to be really good. He's still going to be an early round guy, maybe top 25. I don't know if he's going to be quite as good as where you drafted him because uh, I thought Dwight would actually maybe help him um, because of the way him and Horford didn't really match. Horford had a lot of stuff go through him too. But I think, and also don't forget, Dwight's injury prone, man. So now that he's getting hurt, um, that may be, this may be kind of the beginning of the end now that he's back. And I don't know, it's something I would keep an eye on. Like, I think Millsap's definitely a nice buy though after this little stretch against two games against the Wolves who are playing better defense, so that's worth a mention. Oh, I've got a well. This is actually um, pretty some pretty different uh, stats here. Uh, when he's off the court, Millsap gets fifty three percent of his shots in the in the paint uh, versus forty two percent with Dwight off. So he's getting worse shots. That explains kind of the the dip. Maybe they stack him a little bit more. That'd be cool. All right, uh, another question from Jay Ball. Thoughts on Luol Dang, who's been really good lately. Um, we know they're going to rest or lighten their load eventually, but I think Dang's playing well enough where you should keep him owned. Um, if someone comes knocking at your door to get a, tra- get a trade for him, sure, deal him because you know he's going to cool off later. But, yeah, roll with him for sure. 
Yeah, he was a waiver wire pickup for me in a couple leagues, and I love what he's doing. I like using him in DFS. Uh, I'm going to ride the dang train until the wheels fall off. Do the dang thing. All right. Um, and then we got uh, Eric Chang is asking a question about Montrez Harold. Should we add him until Clint Capella gets back? Or do we think he's going to have value uh, for the rest of the season? Well, I think he's he's my favorite ad right now. Um, he's starting at center for the Rockets. He's played well in three straight. Um, I think he had two or three blocks last night. And like he's my go-to DFS cheap center right now. I picked him up in almost all my season longs. And I'm not planning to keep him after Capella comes back. But if he stays in the lineup and rotation and continues to play well, then I'll, I'll, I will keep it. But uh, I'm just going to pick him up and see what happens while Capella's out and then go from there. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt he's played better than Nene. I mean, so uh, the, way, the way they managed his minutes earlier in the season, you pretty much only saw Trez out there when they were pretty much resting Nene. But now I think that he's kind of passed them uh, for minutes. I mean, he's been great uh, for what they've asked out of him, pretty much doing the same kind of stuff that Capella does. Not as good on defense, but yeah. Uh, I want him to see where it goes, but he's definitely going to cool off when Capella comes back. I mean, there's no question about that. All right, so Ben Stein's asking, can you talk about some guys where you trade for Millsap? Um, like we said, I'm shooting for, like, I if I'm, like, top 20. I view him as, like, a top 20 kind of a player, so, uh, especially in a Roto League. So I don't I don't know who, like, whoever is more willing to, like, all, these open-ended questions are so tough to answer. But, like, whoever, I don't know, like, I can't even, like, I just don't like open-ended questions. I know you don't. <laughs> No, but I mean, if you if you're gonna trade Millsap, um, if you're gonna trade Millsap to get a guy, you don't want to trade Millsap today. You want to wait yeah. till Millsap goes on a on a on a run. Um, and when you do trade Millsap, I mean, you got to trade him as if he's the the best player on the Hawks and a and a top thirty or forty guy, and get that value in return. I don't know, Clay Thompson. Uh, I take Millsap over Clay in a heartbeat. I would too. Yeah. But what about Jokic? I'd rather have Jokic. Yeah, I'd have, I think I'd rather have Jokic too. But it's pretty close. Like that's where you should be going. Like Kyrie, Isaiah Thomas. Like I'd want someone who is a as a true stud. Uh, all right. Well, we got Ball is Life asking for a rest of the season rank, and this is it's so weird uh, because it, these guys are just so different. Uh, Seth Curry, John Henson, some player on the Heat, which I will not name. Uh, due to him not doing well, you can name him for me. Uh, Terrence Jones and Ty Lawson. So, and this is nine cats. So, any of these guys tickle your fancies in if in a vacuum? Like, who would you who would you want? Well, um, Seth Curry, John Henson, uh, your boy Josh Richardson, unnamed Terrence Jones <laughs> and Ty Lawson. Uh, I I picked up Lawson everywhere uh, until we see if Darren Collison can actually get this worked out. Right now, I love owning Lawson. Curry's on fire. I like owning Curry right now. JJB's hurt again. Henson, I'm not really feeling because Monroe and him are in a complete timeshare. Monroe outplays him on most nights. So Henson's kind of at the bottom of that list for me. Uh, Richardson's been awful, but he can't shoot at this poorly all year. So I think he's a a buy low up and comer. Uh, hopefully he gets hot soon. 
But if he has, he hasn't gotten hot by now, so I'm losing some faith. Uh, and I'm always intrigued by Terrence Jones. Um, he's coming off an illness. He didn't do much last night, but he makes good uh, Anthony Randolph or Anthony uh, Davis insurance. So if I own Davis, I think I want to own Terrence Jones as insurance. Yeah, they have Chuck Diallo in the mix as well. But that, that, we've talked about this before. Their Jones-Davis lineups have worked really well for them. So you would think they would just run that out there more. Like, just start that lineup, man. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think Lawson makes a lot of sense. He's been playing pretty well. I'd rather have Seth Curry because I know that A, Darren's going to get hurt, and B, they want to play him. They're not playing well at all. They're not going to make the playoffs. They want to develop him. He's fun. Like It makes sense to play him the most. Um, the player, I won't say his name. I would take him after that. And then probably um, then Jones and then Henson. If I need blocks bad, then yeah. Um, that would change things, but Henson's been yeah. pretty, pretty bad. My my rank, just to be clear, is Curry, Lawson, Richardson, Jones, Henson. Yeah, I probably would flip the player's name I'm not going to say over Lawson, but then everything else I had the same. All right, so we'll move on. Uh, John the Monocle is asking, what's up with Nurk? He is out of the rotation completely, man. They're playing Penn Freed as the backup, too. I'm sorry, back up uh, five, and it's just not, he's not getting minutes. Like he's, if you're stashing him, know that you're stashing nothing, and he needs a trade. He needs either Jokic or the Manimal, more likely the Manimal, to miss time or get traded. So he's been bad. He's been so so bad, um, both as far as stats go and his performance. It's just not playing good defense. I don't. I don't think you can hold on to Nurk right now. Yeah. You, you just got to let him go. There's got to be someone out there to pick up, man. Like, got to be. Like, if there's I mean, anyone, he's not, playing, he's not playing at all. <laughs> yeah, like if your if your league makes moves every day, like someone's on the wire picking someone up every day, like you're just missing opportunities to add someone for like for what a guy who played like garbage before you even got benched, anyways. Like he was. If you're holding Nurk over Montrezl Harrell, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, exactly. Like his peak is pretty much Harrell's, and he's not going to hit it. Like he's not doing anything right now. Like. Miritich, like all these guys, you're just missing out on. Uh, so we can move on there. Uh, Patrick's asking, he has Ben Simmons stash, but he needs production right now. Should he pick up the Miami Heat player that I will not mention? Uh, I will obviously say yes, especially if you need production right now. Ben Simmons doesn't have a timetable yet. Um, they're talking about playing him, but yeah, um, it's going to be tough, man. I mean, it's not, we know rookies are slow starters anyways, and they're going to limit him hard anyways too. So I just don't see the upside for stashing Simmons. Well, it's just like Chandler Parsons and Tyreek Evans. I mean, you stash these guys, you get excited when they come back. It takes them forever to get healthy and get back to doing what they do. And I'd rather own any of those guys we talked about before. Uh, uh, Josh Richardson, Seth Curry, Terrence Jones, Ty Lawson. I mean, all those guys to me, somebody who can help you right now, um, I'd rather have than hope that Ben Simmons does something before the season's over. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, Chandler Parsons was good. We know he was good before, and we've, we've seen him get talked up a lot by Fisdale. So you're stashing a player who could be really good. But like Ben Simmons, we don't even know if he's going to be good for fantasy yet because he's not a good shooter. And like I said, he's going to start slow. Like I'd rather stash Middleton. I'd rather not stash Middleton and use those guys we said, but I just don't see any reason to stash Simmons right now. Um, 
see, Delio Samuels is asking, uh, Bazemore worth holding on to in his recent slump? I'm, I'm just going to say, yeah, I think he is. Yeah, I think he is too, but man, he's been frustrating all year. Yeah. Uh, post-contract year, man, if you want to make that argument. Uh, he got paid and he has not lived up to the billing. Uh, so VP is asking, what's our take on Baby Nagara? Uh, he's been really good lately, and they're talking about playing him next to JB um, for the guy that he can put up permanent numbers with the blocks and he's shooting the ball well from the line. Lots of like there. He's shown flashes, no doubt. Um, I'm intrigued, but I'm I'm not ready to pick him up yet. Yeah, I think he's it's going to be tough. I mean, to play those two guys, they're going to get pick and rolled to death on defense. Uh, both those guys are not great pick and roll defenders, especially Bebe. Bebe's kind of lost at times. So, yeah, definitely pick him up um, if he's out there. I imagine he's probably not. But, yeah, he's trending up. Like, I would want a lot for him. I'd rather, I'd rather have him over these guys we talked about, um, especially if you need blocks. Like, I would take him over all those guys we mentioned, those Currys, Hensons, Miami Heat player, and then TJ and Ty Lawson. I would take, I'd take Baby over those guys. Well, Nogueira's only owned in 13% of Yahoo leagues, oh. um, which is really low. Uh, and that's because, you know, he's averaging five points and five boards on the season. But when he gets minutes, like the like the question said, he, he produces. And if they're going to bump his minutes, then, yeah, he's a guy that that I'm intrigued by. But I need to see it happen before I'm going to cut somebody I use every day to pick uh, Bebe up. Yeah, he's going to be a little bit of an overachiever, I think, at times. But... Like the whole Kyle O'Quinn thing, he's gonna have probably a great game, one great game a week, and that's enough. Like that's the Danny Green thing, where if you have that one great game a week, you live with that, and that overshadows the the two or three bad games. So as long as his blocks are there, and he's had some really nice blocks. I had a great block on Noah Vonley last night. It's on my Twitter if you want to look at it. Uh, but yeah, he's turning up for sure. All right, we'll move on. Uh, VP's got another one asking, "What's our take on Goran Dragic and possibly getting traded?" Uh, they've talked about doing a rebuild, and I mean, Dragic isn't really going to be a long-term solution, I don't think, so it makes sense to deal, especially with the surplus of guards that they have, with the player I won't name, Tyler Johnson, and I mean, this, those guys are good, Justice Winslow's really coming to his own, they want to run more stuff through him, so all those guys should really be trending up, James Johnson playing more at the four, obviously he's not the long-term answer either, but yeah, there's, um, and then Waiter's coming back too, he's played well, he's not the answer either, only one year deal. Um, so yeah, definitely. Like I said, that's why that's why I'm so high on the player's name. I won't say uh, is because. And if just if you're listening to this and wondering why, I made a bet with everyone that if this player had a a bad game again, I wasn't going to say his name for a week. So that's that's why I'm doing this. <laughs> Josh, Drudge, it's <laughs> uh, been pretty good though, man. I mean, as long as he stays with the Heat and plays, he's good to go. But. Uh, I mean, there's a good chance he gets traded. And, you know, Tyler Johnson has been phenomenal. Getting 30 minutes a game off the bench and playing really well. He should be owned everywhere. And then Richardson, you know, if Drogic goes, I don't see how Richardson can can fail. But then again, I also don't know that Richardson can make a shot to save his life right now. Yeah. Um, no comment on that one. But, yeah, like I said, I, st- I still love him. I think he's a guy I would definitely want to get. But... As, as far as like the Drogic side, would you consider him a sell high? Because I think if he gets traded, he would go to a good team and he would see a lot of his numbers drop. Yeah, 
I mean, it depends on where he goes. If he goes to Sacramento, you know, True. he's going to ball out there. But, uh, yeah, if he goes to a team that already has a point guard, then he's going to be, he's going to have trouble. Um, so, yeah, he's a little bit of a sell high. Um, I don't know if the Heat are really going to pull the trigger on that deal or not, but there's certainly a decent chance it happens. Yeah, he has a career high in usage percentage by a lot at 26.6. That's really high for a guard, especially a guy like him. Uh, his career is only 22.4 usage rate guy. So um, that's a, a big, big bump, especially with the uptick in minutes. The assists have been there. Yeah, he's definitely a sell high. I mean, the probability of him getting put in a better situation, I think, is less than it would be he goes into a more favorable one. He's almost in a perfect situation. I mean, they run so much small ball lineups. Like, even if he goes to Sacramento with Boogie there and his high usage, and, I mean, Rudy Gay would probably get traded, but, yeah, I mean, Boogie's a, a usage rate sucker, so he's he's going he's gonna to hurt him there, too. So, like, Drogic is in the yeah. best scenario right now, so... Yeah, yeah he's he's in the perfect situation. Uh, that he's basically him and Hassan Whiteside are the only two reliable guys on that team. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Winslow maybe maybe Winslow can be that guy too. He's been trending up nicely. Yes. Uh, okay, so we got uh, Julian's asking uh, our, my boy here. I love they sleep Pierre Jackson. In case you missed it, he just got signed to a partially guaranteed two year deal. I uh, haven't really seen him in the league for a while. Uh, he was one of my summer league boys before he tore his Achilles uh, in Orlando, I think it was. And yeah, he's he's kind of been he had a really rough time with the Sixers last year and never really got it going. But this kid can score, man. Uh, they're gonna have to part ways with Jonathan Gibson, but he has to play well. He lights it up. He's what scored fifty eight points in a D league game before. Uh, I think once the Mavs start losing players to injury and what have you. We may see Pierre get some burn, but this is, you must be super deep. Like, I think he's, is he on the waiver wire for our 30 man? I think he is. He's going to be a hot, I'm going to, I'm going to try to put a claim in on him, but I mean, you got to be in a so super deep league to add Pierre. <laughs> yes, you do. I mean, and the question is, who would you give up for him? I mean, I, I don't even understand the question. Yeah. <laughs> question. Yeah. I think he just wants to talk about Pierre Jackson. Uh, Pierre Jack, he's not even in the system, man. For 30 deep. No. That stinks. And we've got him listed. We had him listed as in the D-League in the Roto-World system, and that's a no-no. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Pierre Jackson, I, with all the guys we talked about, I mean, if we're not even talking about him really being a hot pickup in 30 deep, I right. can't imagine him being somebody you'd want to pick up in, in your fantasy league right, right. now. I mean, just keep an eye on him because he can score and maybe this time off because the Achilles definitely set him back. Um, and then I'll also add, too, he has some of the dopest shoe game around. Uh, he, he always wears some pretty hot kicks, so uh, looking forward to seeing that. All right, uh, we'll move on. Um, this is another weird question. Jonathan Chancey's asking, uh, second half producers that are on the wire. I don't know who's on your wire, so I can't say. But generally, you want to be looking at teams that run fast, are bad, and have injury-prone guys ahead of them. So a team like the Mavericks and Pierre Jackson um, is kind of the case. Again, that's super deep. But yeah, just look at the teams that are bad and put them all on your watch list. Um, so you're looking at well, the Suns, the Mavs, the Nets, the Sixers a little bit, even the Heat. Um well, I was going to say Alex Lynn, I think, fits that category. Yeah, for sure. If they if they ever shut down 
or stop using Tyson Chandler so much. Alex Lynn fits the the nod there. Dragon Bender had a big game last night for the Suns. Yeah, plays for the Suns. Power forward. He could he could he could make some noise uh, in the second half. Malcolm Brogdon is available in a lot of leagues. Milwaukee guard. Um, giving uh, Matthew Del, Del Vadova a run for his money. Uh, Brogdon's a guy I like. Uh, Mo Spates is sitting out there in a lot of leagues, and he's going to play a lot of power forward with Blake Griffin gone. Um, I don't know. There's some guys. Yeah, Pelicans, Czech Diallo, my boy. Um, yeah, just look at look at the bad teams. But, yeah, like you said, those guys can all kind of help you now. I mean, Len's been pretty good right now. They need to play him more. Um, okay, so we're going to end with uh, – Rasmus Michelson asking, uh, what's up with Tyreek Evans? Is he still a hold for you? He has not been a hold for me thus far. And the minutes are bad. The production is shaky. And that team has so many guards. I mean, Etwan Moore and Langston Galloway and Tim Frazier and Giroux, like, I mean, they, they need a small forward. Like, there's a spot for Tyreek if he can get his minutes ramped up. But I, I think we're at least a month away before we start seeing vintage Tyreek, if we see it at all. All-star break. Uh, he's going to have a minutes cap for a very long time. They've never given any indication that they're ever going to lift it. Um, I know uh, Gentry said that he's going to look at it later down the line. But, yeah, he's like you said, a month he's not going to be worth owning. So if you're... I don't like. I don't know. I don't know why people are so obsessed with Tyreek. I mean, this guy's always hurt. Like he's not in a good situation really anymore with Drew Holiday there and Davis sucking up a lot of shots. Like I just don't get it. I mean, he he's gonna max out at what twenty two minutes best case scenario. Would you say yep. you can't play this guy thirty minutes anymore? Can't do it. He's gonna break down. So yeah, just and they're gonna shut him down too. He's a shutdown risk with the Pelicans not winning games. So. Yeah, just I, I like all these names we've been throwing out there. Um, Seth Curry, Henson, like I'll take all of them over Tyreek. Anyone that has any sort of upside, uh, I would go with them. Like Bazemore, pretty like pretty much everyone but except for Pierre Jackson, I'd rather have over Tyreek. Like Harold, all all these guys. I agree. All right, so let me check on see if you guys dropped any tweets since we recorded. Um, we got another question about the Bosnian beast, Nurkic. So yeah, we already answered that one. So yeah, that's pretty much going to do it. Uh, and then people asking about Jeremy Lin again. Um, yeah, he's going to be out for a bit. So yeah, uh, thanks for coming on your birthday, man. Hey, it was fun. Yeah, for sure. So you guys have a great day and enjoy the rest of your week. All right, see ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.